Do you feel like you're spending too much on things that don't matter? Do you find yourself making purchases and instantly regret them? Well, fear no more because Finlet is here to solve your problems. We offer automated expense tracking and budgeting to help keep your money in your pocket and keep you more mindful of your expenses. In today's episode, we continue our conversation with Shreen as she talks on how to make investors want your product, how to turn your product into a startup, and ultimately how you can be successful in the world of entrepreneurship. Stay tuned for the episode. So let's imagine a perfect world, a perfect scenario. You mean in Silicon Valley? Yeah, maybe in Silicon (laughs) Valley. Exactly, maybe Silicon Valley. What factors do you think would put my product as a unicorn over just any other product that would fail and the investors would actually really want to get behind this product? Solving a problem. I think that the number, and again, uh, excuse me for not being mindful of where I get my facts from. I'm not able to cite the source. But the number one reason that startups fail is because they don't solve a problem. Founders often are trying to solve a perceived problem as opposed to an actual problem, and to that matter, a scalable problem. Now, look, you can be a founder who's very financially comfortable by having a business that is not scalable. You don't necessarily need to own a unicorn for you to be, say, a founder who's made a few million dollars and therefore is able to retire. Now, if your goal is to um, create a unicorn, you need to make sure that what you have is actually solving a problem, a very mass problem that a lot of people have. So very often in the early stages of a business, you'll pivot and you need to be okay with pivoting. And you will pivot because as you're building and growing and testing your business, you decide, okay, the problem I thought was X is actually Y, is actually Z, maybe with a bit of A flavoring on it or what have you. But you know, the number one thing I think you need to have a highly scalable business is a product that solves a mass market need. So I have my idea that solves a problem. How do I go about converting this idea into a startup? What steps should I take? Testing it. (laughs) Build an MVP. Don't get caught up with having a product with all features. Build an MVP and go test it. Test it, test it, test it, test it. You don't need to build a business plan that replicates an academic thesis. I think that especially university students, because they will have done business plans in an academic context, yeah. get caught up by the fact that they have a 10, you know, like let's say a 20, 30, 40 page PowerPoint presentation and they think, yeah, this business is going to work. It's not going to work until you go out there and try it. So just build the most minimum viable product. It doesn't need to have all features and just go, you know, talk to your friends, talk to a user base, figure out what works, what doesn't work and constantly refine and be agile in doing it um, so that you can refine faster and cheaper. So after testing, what other limitations, financially speaking at least, do I have to consider before turning this idea into a product? Well, of course, the amount of money you have to spend will limit how fast you can grow, where you can operate and things like that. So in addition to just forecasting potential revenues, you need to set a clear budget. And based on your budget, that will determine a few of your operational factors. So regulation can be a very challenging area for startups to navigate. Just look at crypto in the US, which requires you to have a bit license to operate. This often stops a lot of innovators. What evidence do you see here in the UAE where the regulatory environment might be hindering the future growth of the fintech industry and how does your hive help negotiate this? The regulation does does play a bottleneck when entrepreneurs want to establish businesses 
that are regulated. But as much as I think people like to demonize the regulator and portray the, the regulator as a bottleneck, the fact of the matter is most businesses are non-regulated. Fine, the, you know, the regulated ones are, but there's such a small percentage of the overall entrepreneurship world that it does not stop the innovation spirit. Moreover, for companies who, who do need to face regulatory hurdles, there are ways that you can shape and twist and mold your business model to overcome the regulation. And we do work with regulated fintechs at The Hive to see how they can get to market by partnering with regulated entities. They don't need to do it themselves. So there are lots of ways around it. You know, I think that as a founder, if you come across a bottleneck, you need to figure out the way around it. Unfortunately, some people do see it as something that they then use an excuse to throw the towel in. But if you're a true innovator, you will not let that stop you. So when it comes to fintech innovation, what do you believe are the more active areas that you have seen in your accelerator program at Beast? You asked me a tricky question because active doesn't necessarily mean the next best, the next big thing. Maybe the word I'm looking for is trending, not active. What are the more trendy or trending areas of fintech that you have seen with your accelerator program at least? I believe that if you're an entrepreneur, you should look at something that is at the frontier, something someone has not done yet and be the first in the market or one of the first in the market to do it. Now, what I see a lot of are the consumer businesses. So personal finance management, budgeting, it's, you know, consumer related fintech businesses that the founders probably find a personal problem regarding and therefore want to embark on building a platform that will help people in this area. What I think is frontier though and next level are more on the B2B and infrastructure side of things because Consumer-based fintechs were the first movers of fintech. And now that there's enough of them in the market, I think the next obvious problem has come to light, which is the fact that the infrastructure for these businesses to plug into is not really there. And I'm talking specifically open banking and API. I, I personally believe that that is the next frontier. It is not necessarily trending because it's very, very, very hard to do. But trending doesn't necessarily mean next big unicorn, you know? I just wanted to kind of give you my opinion on, on both. So has the fintech hype seen any companies come out of it and largely blossom into a unicorn or grow on to like massive success in the region? There still are no fintech unicorns in the regions. So if by, you know, success, you're thinking of, you know, billion dollar company, we don't have any of that anywhere in the Middle East yet. But I have seen companies come through the hive that are pre-revenue that are now generating revenue. So that alone, going from pre-revenue to post-revenue, is a success factor to founders because it means that someone, someone out there believes in your product and is giving you money for it. And we've seen tons of these, whether they're B2B, B2C. So yes, I would say that there are success stories that do come out of the hive. So if I do really want to push this idea of making my own startup company, at what age do you think I should start really looking into this? Is there a specific age I need to wait for or start at? What do you recommend? It depends on the industry is my answer. So there's no such thing as being too young to be an entrepreneur. Anyone can be an entrepreneur. Like my little brother, when he was in high school, would sell, you know, buy like packets of sour punk at the store himself and then sell individual packets and make money. You know, that was yeah. him being entrepreneurial. But it depends on the industry and how technical the industry is. Now, since we're talking mostly about fintech startups, let me give you an answer specific to fintech. 
Fintech is technical. You're dealing with people's money. So you need to understand banking infrastructure in some way, shape, or form. Though you don't need to be a seasoned ex-banker to go into fintech, the fact is that a lot of fintech founders are actually a little older in age than, let's say, other industries. Most of the founders that at least come through the hive are in their 30s and 40s. Very rarely do we find someone in their 20s. And if they are, it's in their mid to late 20s. I believe that the kind of businesses high school graduates or university graduates go into are businesses that that they understand. So consumer, retail, things like that. Whereas to really identify a problem in finance, you need to have been earning or working in the financial industry to discover a real pain point. When starting up a company, you're gonna face a lot of adversity. So how does one deal with these problems, especially at an early stage? I don't mean to sound cliche, but I think that as a founder, you need to really look after your mental health. I think that, If you have a healthy mind, you have a healthy body, you can operate functionally. I see some founders joke and they say, yeah, we, we, we work all night and eat pizza. And I just think that that's so bad for them. And if, you know, I don't mean to judge anyone, but if they may not see the negative ramifications immediately, it will come up in one, two, three, four years time, depending on how young they are and how much damage they've already done to their metabolism. But um, I do believe that as a founder, take care of your body, eat well, work out, sleep early, you know, in your waking hours, prioritize your life accordingly but never compromise on taking yourself as a founder. No one's going to be able to steer the ship if the captain on board gets sick. (laughs) You may have a backup pilot, you know, like a co-founder, but if all of you are not taking care of each other or rather of yourselves within your group, then you effectively kind of neglect your business eventually. In your opinion, what do you think makes a successful entrepreneur? Now, let's say you are a founder who has a, let's say, post-revenue business, you're growing, you're scaling. I think that Those companies that I think take it to the next level are ones with great team dynamics. So I think being mindful of who you hire and maintaining a good company culture will go a long way. There are some startups who I see, let's say, older founders getting along, having lunch together, getting coffees, I think end up doing well because there's this camaraderie that builds into a team effort to make sure the business works. So I think in the early stages of the business, hiring right and maintaining a team culture as a leader is something you need to be mindful of. So as team captain, do you pick your friends or do you pick people you believe will do a better job? So I wouldn't hire friends necessarily because that can come with some caveats where let's say you're already comfortable and I've seen people have falling out. Let's say some some people find it difficult to draw a line in the sand if they're already comfortable with someone. But I would say take your time interviewing them. You don't need to hire people immediately uh, and really interview them. And don't be afraid to ask them to do things for you in the interview process. The interview doesn't just need to be a conversation or a review of someone's resume. You can tell them, hey, like let's say hypothetically, you're hiring a marketing manager. Show them your marketing plan for the year. Tell them, what do you think? That's a very interesting perspective. Now, to conclude the conversation, I'd like to ask, What would be the last piece of advice you give to the team captain and their team before they go to an investor with an idea? Identify what problem you're trying to solve and continuously test to make sure that this problem is real. 
and don't be emotionally attached if it's not real. But this emotional attachment, don't you think that's always going to come in some way, shape or form? Of course, but that doesn't mean that it's a good thing, right? No. Yeah, so we've, we've as a business had to pivot a few times and explore different ways of doing things. You know, ultimately, like I said, think of what are your targets and work towards that. And then even if it's hard to sever the way you run a particular product or the product design, understand that it's for the betterment of the business to reach that ultimate goal and objective. You've heard it right from the expert. If your idea is not solving a problem, you should either adapt it to a problem that does need solving or sever your ties to it and move on to look for something that does solve a problem. Shireen, thank you so much for coming to our podcast. Some of your insights were very perspective changing and taught me a lot personally. And I hope the audience feels the same way. Do you have any final word for the listeners? No, I think that this was fine. Just let me know whenever you guys are releasing it and I'll happy to, you know, share on my platforms as well. Once again, a big thank you to Shireen. If you are interested in entrepreneurship, do go listen to her podcast, Spark! Exclamation mark with Shireen, where you'll get behind the scenes access and stories and insights that look into Mina's innovation ecosystem. This concludes our podcast series with Shireen. I hope you're able to take some insights from her on entrepreneurship, startups, and most importantly, making sure that the ideas you have for a business actually solve a problem. We thank her and hope to catch you on the next episode.